The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
I'm not giving up. I am going to go on. But I'm going to share with you some very startling ideas and understandings about the church. I know the church is the very heart of God. I have all of my life served Jesus Christ in the church. I have been a professional, if I can put it that way, full-time pastor for more than 40 years. Most of those years, except for one or two, have been in Washington, D.C. Now, almost every pastor in America would agree that our task as a church is to bring people into a personal, saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if that is our task, how do we accomplish it? Well, traditionally, this has been the model that we have followed to accomplish this task of bringing people into a personal, saving relationship with Jesus Christ. First and foremost, we have held worship services. And we have invited people to come to those services, believing that if people would come to those services, their hearts would be touched, they would be convicted, and they would receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now, secondly, We have thought that we could establish classes and teach them the doctrines of the church. Third, we thought we could engage them in small groups, family groups, home groups. Fourth, we thought it would be very successful if we had many ministry opportunities within the church. And so today you find many people who will say, I'm a minister, I'm an evangelist, I'm an armor bearer, I'm a deacon, I'm a deaconess. I take care of the, of the coffee and the donuts every Sunday. I set the church up every Sunday. I help take it down at the end and make sure everything is put away, the communion is put away, everything is done. We have believed that if we could engage people in the work of the church, that that would assure them of walking into a personal, saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And then five, we have held social activities, dinners, watermelon fests, all kinds of social activities broken down in small groups often, where you have the golden goodies, or you have the millennials, or you have women's groups or men's groups. You meet together every week, and you have dinner at a local restaurant, and you have time to just fellowship. We have thought that all of these things would result 
in in bringing a person into a saving relationship with Jesus and then keeping them and causing them to grow in that relationship. The raw truth, we have failed. It has not worked. Bill Hybels Church, Willow Creek in Chicago, has done extensive research, questionnaires with thousands of of Christians, and have discovered that all of these things have not helped people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there are different categories of people that, that they have looked at. Some are people who are just stuck in their relationship with Jesus. It's not going anywhere. You have the unbelievers. You have the people who know nothing about Jesus but are drawn to the church with some special program. Uh, They're drawn to the church because of the youth activities or the children's programs or someone shares with them their personal experience with Jesus, and so the unbeliever comes. Then you have the beginners, where you plug them into classes to teach them about what this church believes. And then the vast majority are those people who simply enjoy life in the church. They enjoy the social activities. They enjoy the preaching, as long as it's not too long. They enjoy the social benefits of being a part of church, and they have some emotional connection to Jesus. What I would question is whether it is a saving emotional relationship with Jesus. But now let me tell you the shocking part. There are a few people who move through the church and through this process of being an unbeliever and a beginner and then into the enjoyable life of the fellowship of the church. But as they begin, for whatever reason, and I'm going to address that in a moment, begin to get serious about the reading of Scripture and about prayer, as they begin to get very serious about their sin and the distance between their heart and Jesus, this group begins to leave the church. And they say, I'm not getting fed at this church. I'm not growing in my relationship with Jesus. There's something wrong. Pardon me, I have a horrible cold and shouldn't be on air, but I am. These people begin to say, and to question, the whole church process. And then we have one more group. It's a very small minority. It's people who totally belong to Jesus Christ 
and have broken by the power of his blood all sin in their lives. They serve Jesus alone. He is everything to them. Their whole life is centered not around the church. It is centered around the person of Jesus Christ. And they have, by repentance and by the power, the supernatural power of God, they have had their lives totally purified by Jesus. Now, I'm going to talk today about some of the implications of this, but I need your help. Yesterday was an offertory day, and more than $700 was given by five individuals. I'm very grateful to those those five and to the many others this month who have given to this radio broadcast. I know I have a very serious and loyal congregation that listen to this radio, and I am very grateful to you. But I must come back to you today and say we are still $225 short of having this month covered. I need your help. I know you will only move as the Holy Spirit directs you, and so I'm going to pray O Lord Jesus, I ask that you would move in the heart of this congregation. They listen day by day. They are serious about following you, Jesus. I'm asking that you would quickly move in their hearts to provide this last $225 necessary for us to finish up the month of September with everything paid for. Lord, I thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Now, you just need to know I have used every penny in the National Prayer Chapel regular account to cover the cost of radio this month. That's why the bill was not... Normally, we come and it's well over $1,000 we need. The reason we didn't need that much this month was that I simply emptied the account of the National Prayer Chapel so that we're at zero. I need your help to finish this up. So would you please call right now, 877-534-0780. Our brother Kevin is on the line waiting for your call. Simply give the amount you're able to give. And I'm going to pray God's blessing for you as you participate with me. You may say $225 is very small amount. Yes, it is, unless your bank account is on zero. So, I've always come to God's people when there was a need, and I'm coming now. Will you help us? Now, I'm going to continue, and I'm going to talk about this very serious issue of the church. But I'm asking, would you please call 877-534-0780. 
and give the pledge that the Holy Spirit prompts you to give. is an offertory day. We started this broadcast needing $225. I'm trusting Jesus to move in your hearts to give as he directs you. One man has called who has already given a considerable amount and has said, look, if it does not come, I'll cover it. I'd rather that burden be shared by all So I'm going to leave it open to you. If the Holy Spirit is prompting you to call, then would you you call and give as the Holy Spirit prompts you? And I'm going to trust, I'm just going to trust all these finances with Jesus. Now let's go back. I want to talk about what I opened with concerning the church. 
And part of what happened last night as I was in prayer about today, the tears just began to flow. And I recognized I really have a heart full of tears. I don't take anything that I'm saying with any casualness. I just recognize that what we have done traditionally as a church has not worked. So what's happened is we've thought if we invited people to our worship service, that would then bring them into that personal saving relationship with Jesus. And when it began to die off and fewer people were coming to our worship services than across America, we began to have scientific minds figure out a marketing scheme to create a seeker-sensitive worship atmosphere. And very specific people began to write books on how to bring people into the church. The word was, find a hurt and heal it, find a need and fill it. And so we filled it with classes and we filled it with all manner of activities. And the worship service became a multimedia experience. It became a a drama service. It became a Broadway service. It became an entertainment time. And everyone said, you have to make the church relevant. Well, unfortunately, when you make the church relevant to a sinner, the church ceases to be relevant to Jesus Christ. A church cannot be relevant to a sinner and to Jesus. See, our task is not to be relevant to the world. Our task is to confront the world with their lack of relevance with God and bring the convicting power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to cause them to change and leave their sin. But instead, the half-converted and the unconverted flooded into our churches because, frankly, we had the best show going in town. And then we had all of the classes where people learned intellectual understandings and psychotherapeutic understandings of how to walk in the fellowship of the church. And then we have our small group meetings in homes, and unfortunately, often they became simply homogenized ignorance of what the real gospel is. And so often I will attend various churches, small group meetings, and what I find in those places is generally a light atmosphere, a friendly atmosphere, but devoid of the Holy Spirit. Much joking and laughing about professional sports and about everything else that's happening in the news, but no real understanding that Jesus Christ rules. Now, you can teach that didactically. You can teach that through principles, but principles 
never brought anybody into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the sin remains. And then the church became very professional in its presentation of of the social activities. So much so that one church in the Washington metro area has spent a million dollars to bring a Starbucks coffee franchise into their building. Really? Is this the church? Some churches have set up cafeterias in the church, and so you go to church and you have breakfast together, and then you go on to the service together. And then after the service, the restaurant is open and you can have lunch together. Is this the church? Yes, it is the church of today. But we find that those who totally belong to Jesus Christ and those who are beginning to get serious about following Jesus are fleeing from the church. They're looking for something that is real, something that is deeper. And so the modern church has become empty of godliness, full of emotion, There's a radio station in town that is on a college campus. I started my radio ministry there when I attended that college. I did a half-hour show every Friday night where I simply told stories of God's grace. That's where I began to understand the power of radio. Now, this radio station has gone to a format of all music. The problem is, most of the music that is played on it is despicable. It's really not music. It's sentimental trash. It does not represent Jesus. It represents the modern church experience of sin, of wickedness. And so the church that owns this radio station, the denomination that owns this radio station, feels they're being of a great benefit to the community because they raise money, they have their station, they play their music. But I can tell you now, they're not building the body of Christ. They're not building the church. They're not doing what churches are supposed to do. Well, they may be bringing people into what is called a saving relationship with Jesus. The fact fact is that most people who say they have a saving relationship with Jesus have been fooled. They don't have a saving relationship with Jesus. They have a relationship with their invisible friend that they call Jesus. But it's not Jesus. Because Jesus would not call them a friend of his. And so we're in a time when our nation is collapsing. Morality has gone out the window. Every unclean thing is flowing into our nation. From our president to our Congress to our our Supreme Court. 
It's not godly anymore. It's utterly corrupt. They've been bought and sold. They're servants of darkness. Now, I'm old enough that I still have this residue of of belief in our institutions in America that they are just and fair. But the reality every day on the news is that they are not just and fair. Even the FBI now has been utterly corrupted for political purposes. So a person who is running for the President of the United States can behave in ways with emails and in other ways that when I was a young person would have put that that individual in prison. They would be serving time in striped clothing. But not today. Today you can buy your way out. Today you can run huge amounts of money that you're scamming from people. You can become wealthy in public service. When I was a young person, we called government service public service. It's not public service anymore for many. It's a scam. And today we have many wonderful servants of government that still believe in morality, who still believe in goodness and righteousness, servant leadership. I think of one man works down in the Navy Yard. This man endeavors in every way possible to be a living example of Jesus with his employees. He manages a large organization. He constantly is speaking to them about godly servant leadership. And they're responding powerfully. There are good men and women, either in contractual positions or in full government service positions. I would not paint them all with a broad brush. But many are utterly corrupt at the highest levels of our government. Flouting the laws of our nation, not enforcing the laws, especially for those who are on the upper echelon of the government, has become utterly corrupt. Now, I look at all of this, and my heart is filled with tears. It breaks my heart. This is not what men and women fought and for in the Second World War or the First World War, or Vietnam. Misguided wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, but even there, some small amount of good was done by men and women who honestly believed that they were bringing freedom to people who were under heavy persecution. I've spoken with many of our precious military men and women They believed they were doing something worthwhile there. 
even though the leadership of our government was doing something very crooked and unclean there. So what do we do with all of this? Is it important that we have worship services? Absolutely. Is it important that we have classes? Yes. Is it important that we have small groups? Probably, maybe, maybe not. (coughs) Is it important that we provide ministry opportunities for, for people in the church? Absolutely. Is it important that we have times of fellowship as a church? Absolutely. So what's the problem, Pastor? Well, the way it's being done, the way it's being done today is a reflection of the world, not of Jesus Christ. And if you begin to be serious about Jesus, if you make a decision that you will totally give up your sin and walk with Jesus, the modern church will be anathema to you. You will not participate in it. You'll bail out at some point. And some of you want to leave, but you don't know where to go. And so you put up with the foolishness of the modern church and grieve privately because you don't want to be a troublemaker. part of what happens in this whole modern church is that pride becomes a very, very big factor. You don't rebuke in the modern church. That's considered a lack of respect. I'm somebody in the church. I have these titles. So, pastor, don't rebuke me for my pride. Got a very angry letter yesterday from someone that I have rebuked. It was not my intention to cause such pain, but I know why the rebuke caused such pain, because the pride was so great. The pride was a stench in God's nostrils. There's no room for pride in the in the church of Jesus Christ, in the church of Scripture. We don't become a part of church or take to ourselves titles to be somebody. Some people say to me, Pastor, you're you're on the radio. You're somebody. No, I'm not. I'm not anybody. I'm just a voice that God is using to confront his people, to call you to honest, serious relationship with Jesus. Now, I recognize that most who come to the National Prayer Chapel are not the class that simply enjoy the church. 
you hang with the world and you hang with the church. You participate in unclean activities. You love the professional sports. You love the entertainment of the world. You spend your money like the world would spend it. You go where the world would go. You would not be comfortable with the National Prayer Chapel. And for that reason, you intuitively know that and you don't come. The National Prayer Chapel is really for men and women who have made the decision that they have got to seek Jesus with all of their hearts, that they have to separate from the world and the world's wickedness, that they no longer want to dip into the filth, the sexual filth, the moral filth. They no longer want to dip dip into the arrogance of our culture. They want Jesus Christ. That's who the National Prayer Chapel is really for. It's for men and women who get serious about following Jesus. And I'm on this radio broadcast to try in every way possible to induce you into getting serious about your walk with Jesus Christ, that by his grace, the power of sin and the devil would be broken over your heart and over your life. Now, our number again is 877-534-0780. One brother has said, yes, if no one gives, I'll cover that last $250 or last $225, he's already given a great deal more than he should have. And so I'd like some others to step in and help cover that cost. This is an offertory day. So if the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, would you call 877-534-0780 and help us with this last 225000 I'm sorry, $225 that we need to raise to cover the cost of September radio. 877-534-0780. I'd like to read a passage of scripture to you. Before I do, I'm going to ask Mr. Producer if he would put on a medley as you decide whether the Holy Spirit is directing you to call. Mr. Producer, are you there? Mr. Producer, are you there? Or have we lost you? Okay, put a piece of music on.
perfectly whole. I need you to come and reclaim my soul. Break down every idol, cast out every foe. Now wash me and I will be whiter than snow. out every stain to have this great cleansing all things I forgot now wash me and I will be whiter than snow whiter than snow whiter than snow wash me and I will be I give up myself and whatever I know Now wash me and I will be whiter than snow Whiter than snow Whiter than snow Yeah.
by incredible response from a couple of people today on the broadcast. A dear believer out of state called and said, Pastor, you emptied your account. I'll empty my account and cover that 225. I don't want her to do that. I love her heart. I know there are some of you who have the ability to make that without pinching you. So, you still have time to call 877-534-0780. Now, in the last minutes of this broadcast, I want to come with a very specific answer to the questions that I have raised concerning the church today. There's going to have to be a total change in direction. If the church is to do its job, let me read it to you from the scriptures. First John, the third chapter. You must take notice what sort of love the Father has given to us. And you're going to find that it is not just sentimental love. So that we may be called children of God. Because of this, the world does not know us since it knew him not. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it was not yet made known what we shall be, but we know that if at any time he may be manifested, we shall be like him. We shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, and everyone having this hope in him purifies himself just as that one is pure meaning Jesus. Verse 4, Everyone doing the sin also continues doing the lawlessness. In fact, the sin is lawlessness or open rebellion against God. And you know that the one was manifest so that he may take away our sins. Indeed, there is no sin in him. 
everyone who continues remaining in him does not keep on sinning. Everyone sinning has not seen him, neither has he known him. Little children, you must not let anyone deceive you. The one continually doing the righteousness is righteous, just as that one is righteous. The one continually doing the sin is out of the devil, because the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested so that he may destroy the works of the devil. Everyone having been born out of God does not continue to sin because his seed continues to remain in him, and he is not able to keep on sinning because he has been born out of God. Now, very clearly, the answer to the church is not more programming. The answer for the church is not trying to become relevant to the world, but coming out of the world and leaving behind the works of darkness. What is missing in the church today is that straight, honest call for repentance and righteousness. That's why on this broadcast, I continually call you to righteousness, to leave your sin, to walk in a manner that allows Jesus to totally cleanse you of all uncleanness. You cannot continue to walk in sin and help the church to prosper. The church is the body of Christ. You cannot be in sin and in the church. That's why in America, the church has totally lost its way because it has become an extension of the world instead of being an extension of Jesus Christ. The church must be an extension of Jesus Christ or it cannot function in the realm of purity and righteousness. The gift of righteousness is a free gift, but it must be granted. But we have believed the lie of the modern church that teaches that you can continue to walk in your sin and struggle with it but still be saved. I talked to a man just before coming on this broadcast who has struggled with lust and fornication all of his adult life. And of course, there are trust issues in his marriage. And I said to him, if you were not married, would you go back to your old sin of fornication? Yes, I probably would. And I said, then how can you call yourself a Christian? For a Christian will not go back to a life of fornication. A Christian will not go back to a life of uncleanness, either in his thoughts or in his actions. There must be a whole new understanding of what it means to be washed and cleansed and purified by the blood of Jesus, and we're going to have to give up this, quote, 
personal saving relationship with Jesus that also includes uncleanness and accommodation and friendship with the world. You cannot be a friend of the world and a friend of Jesus Christ. You can't do it. Now, if in your heart you know you want to totally belong to Jesus, you want your life centered around him, you want to be made pure and clean, you want to walk in victory instead of defeat, if you know you're wanting to be serious about the reading of Scripture and prayer and devotion, then I invite you to come to the National Prayer Chapel. It's a boot camp for righteousness, not legalism, but the magnificent gifting of Jesus Christ to supernaturally purify the heart and mind of a man and bring them through into total victory. We're out of time today. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. I pray that it's been helpful to you to lay out what this broadcast is all about. God bless you, my friend. I'm Pastor Ray Green. (laughs) 